0: Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Sew, sew,
1: sew,
2: sew, sewing out loud.
1: All right, hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue,
2: and I'm ZD Donahue,
1: and this is Sewing Out Loud. We we haven't done this in a while, right, Mom? Right. I know I've said that before. I
2: mean, not everyone knows this or realizes this, but we just closed our. Um
1: retail store brick and mortar yeah.
2: store and it almost killed us no we almost we are so tired we almost died um it was, not exaggerating exhausting exhausting exhausting
1: I, you know mom you don't talk about this a lot but mom
2: struggles with a chronic illness right i have an autoimmune disease which like every morning i get up and slay the dragon before i start my day so,
1: mom deals with like a lot of pain um right. and and exhaustion and stuff and uh but I don't
2: tell you that because I don't want you to view me as being ill. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but she does deal with this, and so the stress, uh, physical and mental, of closing down that store, has been immense. And then, but I, I, I be strong. I announced this in the newsletter, <laughs> but I don't know if everybody gets the newsletter. If you want to get the newsletter, go to sohere.com/lovenote, and you can sign up. But I'm pregnant. <laughs> which is also
2: an autoimmune disease, <laughs> right. basically. So, they're very similar. I got this thing. They make you tired. Yeah. Your immunity is down. Yeah, so I've yeah. gotten I've gotten
1: sick so and pregnant. So we were
2: sick and pregnant
1: doing this. Doing this. Um one one now I had a I think I mentioned this, I had a miracle man show up. He wanted to buy all our weird fixtures, which was just John Mallory's hey, boyfriend. John. Yeah, he's my new he's my new man. Um he's amazing. And he wanted to buy all these fixtures. We just, we had this huge display Which for- Which meant
2: we didn't have to, to move, move them. Yeah. them.
1: No, we had this huge display at the shop for Floriani thread. Okay? So, if any of you have ever shopped for embroidery thread, there's like 300 colors. And it's on this spinning rack that only Weighed fits- Weighs 5,000 pounds. Yeah, it only fits Floriani thread, Right. right. So we were just, Becca and I were, like, looking at it. We were sitting there, like, glaring at it and being like, man, what are we going to do with this? And this man comes in. He wants to buy some shelves. He wants to buy some other stuff. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And, you know, uh, telling me what he wants. And we're talking about when we can get it to him and then he like looks over like, how much do you want for that white thing over there and I had it was a struggle to keep a straight face <laughs> I had to be like um I don't think
2: John listens to our podcast
1: yes yeah. <laughs> I was like and I, gave, I I, was like well sir we would like you know <laughs> well <laughs> sir can I pay you to yeah. take it away
2: no we're yeah. like oh we're gonna have to like take this to the dump you I know? kept saying you know we could like strip it down and this would be a good base for somebody's like dress form but, yeah you know it was yeah, no just- and he He he
1: even said he's like I'm gonna cut these top wire things off here. I was like whatever you want, man. You know. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, sucker was heavy. He uh like some things like that happened. Um, but then some John, my man again, told me he was gonna come to the store at eight a.m. to get some stuff on our last day we were there. But then and Mallory and I were running on
2: like two cylinders out of eight.
1: We'd just been at the shop. No, we had been there till eight the night
2: before selling our sink base unit.
1: We should make a list of all the weird crap we had at the store that had nothing to do with sewing. Yeah.
2: Like, refrigerator and Well, the I think the other the thing is, that, okay, that store was like 2,300 square feet. Yeah. And if you're moving a house that's 2,300 square feet, you know, okay, but sewing, first of all, has all this little stuff. So And many then ones. the other thing is, we were packed vertically. Yes. Which in your house, you're not packed vertically. And we had no big beds that were taking up any space. No. No. Right. Right.
1: No. It was all this little stuff. So, yeah. So. Anyway, basically, uh, well, well, he texts me at seven ten. I just yeah. gotten Zelda out of bed. I'm gonna be there at seven thirty, and it is pitch black
2: and raining like pouring. <laughs> it was like a toad choker raining. Mm-hmm. Yes. I told mom that I'm
1: I'm I'm sorry. Her pond is filling up, but it needs to stop raining. Um, and anyway, no, so no. I, thrill and- of the fill, thrill of the fill. <laughs> The pond
2: is filling
1: up. So anyway, I uh, got there at 7:30. I had to help him move these huge desks and then I had to lay on the floor for a little bit. <laughs> and then mom brought I me I brought I brought breakfast. her breakfast. <laughs> brought
2: from <laughs> from uh, from McDonald's. 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 Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 Shay McDonald. <laughs> okay, so I know this is a little bit of a longer intro, but let's talk about what we did today. Let's talk about this week. Like we didn't have to go in the store and open no. it. No. Okay, uh, took care of some things. Been answering some emails. Right. Been trying to get together some things that people have ordered, and then today, Becca and Sam came over. Right. We packed. A, we unpacked boxes. We're starting to unpack. Right. We're sitting in our new podcasting setup. Yep. And, uh, you know, we didn't have to
2: stop. And what we don't what have to take it down. And we don't have to move it. No. Nope. We don't have to worry about who left what microphone where. Nope. Or did the computer get left? At the shop, and the microphones are at and the, the computer charger the, the house, and blah blah blah. Nope, and we're going to be efficient and wonderful. And I'm not wearing a bra. Oh really? Yep, all day. Well, I'm wearing pants just so everybody now, knows. I, I have on a sports bra.
1: I took a bath. It has underwires, but it is a sports bra. I took a bath. I put on deodorant. I put yeah. on all clean clothes, and I. Uh, I cleaned my toilets before. Well, you back know what then. I did? Came over. <laughs> I took a bath and
2: I put on sunscreen, and then I realized I'm probably not even going outside, and it's cloudy.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you're well protected. Yes, well, I, need, I need to be. But so anyway, anyway, yeah, we this day has been much different, and now we we worked. and we're
2: happy, and we're laughing, and it's there is a certain freedom now yeah. that once we, we physically have recovered. It but, was it was oh a man. little rough. Um, I would hit the bed and like I felt like my bed was like my body was velcroed yeah. to the sheets and I could hardly move. I Well, was so tired. I've been having some problems sleeping. I didn't last night.
1: I, I last some, night. Yeah, last night was my first good night too. That's insomnia. Insomnia. Don't don't uh, spoil our next podcast about sewing <laughs> puns. Okay,
2: okay. So t- today or any anything else to add about the the move and whatnot? No, it's been nice. It it I think. What I think is we work so much in both places, you know, or sometimes I would be at home doing stuff and you would be at the shop. And I really like that it's all in one place. And the sign is down. The (laughs) sign man called. The sign is off of the uh, commercial building and we're bringing it home. Yeah. We didn't know if we could do that. And he's been like, He's been so nice. He hasn't embarrassed me by asking what it would be like to bring it home or anything.
1: He mom, mom's uh, a little preoccupied with the sign. Rightly it was so. Very expensive. Very expensive. No, I, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. But things have turned out very well with the sign. So we yes. we still have our huge, bright red ZD sewing studio sign. That's right. <laughs> It might. We might. Emma we'll probably put it up like in the living room. I don't that's know. Right, I don't that's know. right.
2: That's no, right. I think. I think like on the side of the RV shelter or the pump house. Okay. Or, would it
1: fit all the way across this?
2: Oh, it might. I was just. I just had a um, a revelation. The other thing too is, though, I've thought about that. It would be a really hard to clean. It's like in those script letters. Yeah. That it would be, you know. Well, I wonder how dirty. Of course, dirty it's, it's also very good for birds to nest in. How
1: dirty is it right now from being outside for six? Well, years? Well, now it's <laughs> in the rain. It's probably cleaner Hopefully off the building getting... and
2: in the rain than it has been.
1: Okay. Well, let's get to our let's get to our actual topic at hand. Um, oh my gosh, we're talking about sewing now. Yes, that's right. Instead of bringing sewing to you, but we're experts at moving stuff. No, we Apparently
2: do. Apparently, we are. We build things. We move things. I mean, okay, I have to tell you, no one could have done this like Mallory and I did. <laughs> and Sam was like in a tremendous amount of help. Yeah, Becca was, a, but. Honestly, when you and I were alone, we did some stuff. No, we did. And Hillary came in with her family the last day, and we were cleaning, and the bat showed up.
1: Oh, the bat. There was a bat. No, the people and, who helped us were so helpful because the right. last, well, the last day, I don't know how impressive I was, except that I got there at 730 well, yeah, and yeah, you moved did those run desks. out
2: of gas a little bit. I was, I but was we went, but, over. Hey, you and I were back there again at 7 o'clock at night doing the last sweep but through. My
1: sister and my brother-in-law let me, like, sit on the ground and, like, tell them what to do for a couple <laughs> minutes. They were like, hey, uh, where I was mm-hmm. like, put that there, put that there. And they just
2: did it. And they were so nice to me. I was so tired. <laughs> We were so, but Mallory and I were shaking some booty, let me tell you. Oh, you know what? I got to do today.
1: I got uh, to go downstairs and eat lunch. Oh, yeah, that's right. That this I real made, food uh, that yeah. I made. We can eat like healthy food, healthy food, not right. fast food, not wasting the money on right. that. I ate lunch. You Are guys forgetting your lunch because it's here. You guys didn't need to eat lunch when I did because we're, we weren't here very long, right. but like I had to eat something because I'm well, I kind of you ate know. A,
2: a late breakfast too. Yeah,
1: so anyway, I got to take a break. Eat some lunch, check on some things, and um, it—it's. I think I'm gonna be so much healthier,
2: right? And happier, and and I get to watch. I'm having the thrill of the fill because I'm watching my <laughs> pond fill up. Okay, it's been like ten minutes. <laughs> we gotta get. Okay, we gotta get going. sorry to all of you people who really want us to get the, to the meat of the subject of. And what sewing. could be more exciting than buttonholes?
0: Really, maybe a
2: lot of things, like the fill of the thrill of the pond. But, but no, buttonholes, buttonholes are important. Yeah. Okay? They're important, and there are
1: techniques to buttonholes. And people get afraid of buttonholes. Mm-hmm. People are intimidated
2: by buttonholes. And, and they should be, because there are some really good mistakes made on buttonholes that now, make them look... Not professional, are not nice. I didn't really
1: discuss this with you before the podcast, uh-huh. but I think today we're going to focus on. Buttonholes sewn with thread Not so much bound buttonholes No holes. we won't talk about well, bound yeah, or anything so We're talking about something that the machine we're does We're talking about machine sewn buttonholes right. Okay so that's what we're focusing on today Just see there are of course There are bound buttonholes Actually I did my first bound buttonhole oh, Not you? too long ago Oh that's
2: right on your jeans No I no? didn't
1: No 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 I, Actually I don't Oh that was a hand That was a, that hand, was a hand sewn, sewn buttonhole. buttonhole Yeah that's right I can't remember why I was doing this God knows Okay anyway so <laughs> I can't remember what I did. Oh, I did it on my anorak. Oh, okay. I have bound buttonholes on it my... Because it was a thick... Instead of... No, oh. instead of um, eyelets, hmm. I did these little bound buttonholes, which I... Anyway. Okay. Okay, okay, anyway. Machine sewn buttonholes. Do you want to talk about, briefly, the difference between doing a buttonhole on a woven versus a knit? What the stitch... What the little... What the buttonhole stitch can look like? When you're selecting it on your machine, she's looking at me wide-eyed. Okay. When you're going to do a buttonhole on your machine, you probably have a special foot of some kind. Right, right Mom? Okay. And then you choose a special stitch, too. Well, I was going to say, see, my machines have, like, five buttonholes, right? right? Right, right. Or or on some of those baby locks, it's, like, eleven. buttons. Yeah. Like, yeah, like 11 <laughs> and
2: an eyelid. and a Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: So... The most, I would say, I'm going to say old-fashioned of buttonhole feet that I can think of is, like, the buttonhole foot that just has two grooves on the bottom of it. huh And it just looks like a normal presser mm-hmm. foot.
2: And you're doing it yourself. It's not stopping or starting with yep. any help from the machine. You're measuring. Whether it be mechanical or computerized. Yep. Right? So you're measuring. And I made them like that for years. You know, I just did
1: it when i was filming for baby lock It's not that difficult. Yeah, i was very uh, yeah, i was very right. intimidated and then but i did it and i was like, oh, went well, no thing, you know. Right. <laughs> you need to follow directions. Right. You need to do some tests. You need to take your time. And so yeah. with those if you just have a buttonhole foot that is literally like a normal presser foot with two grooves on the bottom, you probably have a four-step buttonhole on your machine, maybe only
2: one. Like buttonhole, right. like where you have to go, but you have d- to click do, to do. each step mm-hmm. exactly. So what you what you have is, you know, you have what I would call the left side of the buttonhole, uh-huh. and then the stop of the buttonhole that would stop, sort of, you know, the bar tack, the bar tack, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go back. back. You're going to sew backwards along, you know, the lengths of that other, you know, leg leg that you did. And then you have to stop in Bartek again.
1: Yeah. So with a four-step buttonhole, things to remember are take your, make sure your needle's out of the fabric, moving mm-hmm. between steps. That's true. Because it will shift. It
2: shifts right away.
1: And so you don't want to be breaking your needle. That's right. And uh, to measure accurately, you, um, you need to make marks on your fabric. Right. And, and I want to talk a bit
2: about measuring for okay. buttonholes because Great. if you have a nice flat button... You know, you can basically put a little mark on each side of your button, right, and you're pretty much going to get the right size. Now, make that button on a scrap. The scrap needs to be the same as, you know, fabric that you're going to make your finished buttonhole on. Yeah. And you want to slip that button through. If it doesn't go through easily, if you have to force it, you're going to wind up with misshapen buttonholes at some point or broken threads or worn threads or whatever. Right. So... So that's a nice flat button. So if you have a button that is, say, dome shape yeah. or it's decorative in some way or it's um, – sometimes you'll have buttons that look like they're piled upon each other mm-hmm. sort of thing, like levels of buttons. You'll need a bigger hole. Right, right. Okay. Now, so too small a buttonhole can be a problem and too large a button. If it's too large, you're going to come unbutton. Yeah, you're gap. You'll be right. gapping right. And, and coming unbuttoned. On. So, you know, size matters. Ha ha ha. It's got to be the right size. It's got to be the right size. <laughs> and you will make test buttonholes on exactly the same fabric that you are going to put your final buttonhole on. You will use the same stabilizers. You will use the same interfacings if they're there. It has to be the same, or it might not come out. As nice as you would like.
1: Yeah, so those rules that mom just said about the testing go and they're for all buttonholes. Yeah, all buttonholes. So uh, after, now I called that foot old
2: fashioned, didn't I? You did? You know? And sometimes that buttonhole foot can be real important.
1: Because I'm going to discuss the other two types of buttonhole mm-hmm. feet that I'm thinking about, but what that foot also does
2: before I move on, uh-huh. it gives you an infinite That's right, range. So I can make a buttonhole that's 12 inches long. That's right. And somebody goes, well, I don't want one of those, but I will tell you exactly when I used that buttonhole foot. Tell us when. I I, don't believe you. When you were (laughs) Fruma Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you wore a flying harness. Mm -hmm. So in the back of your costumes, I had buttonholes that were six, you know, eight inches long that the harness could be, straps could come through. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't, I mean, I could have faced it and done all this stuff, but... Doing about especially when you only flew for like two minutes, right? Right, two minutes, three nights or something. Like uh-huh. how much you know? Costumes are another story. How much time you want to put in or not? You know. So I just needed those you know finished holes. Yep. And so that's when I made those six and eight inch long buttonholes. So there you go. So there's kind of your it's the it's the
1: buttonhole foot that sort of first originated. Then right. we get into buttonhole feet that they look. Very, they can look very complex. If you have a, maybe a really old machine, it'll be
2: like buttonhole attachment. Yeah, man, it looks burr like, burr 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 burr, burr, you know? or like <laughs> I, I, or my friend um, Eric said, it looks like a can opener. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because no, everything looked like a can opener on those old treadle right. machines. They had great attachments, mm-hmm. but they always looked like part of a can opener right. or a whole can opener. Some
1: kind of, uh. Right. Like, but they worked. Yes, they were excellent tools. Right. So we get into buttonhole feet that look like rectangles. Yes, you know there's well
2: they th- look like an exaggerated long foot with a big uh, right. opening. You know in the it. same ankle, but this uh-huh. long foot with an opening in it, and it slides back and forth.
1: Yeah, so some the so the like the little presser foot has this like frame that it kind of right. sits on that gets to move along, right. and this is um, important. So it moves your fabric and it's keeping it in place so it can go back and forth right. to make this rectangular buttonhole. Sometimes these feet can have a really wonderful. Um, what do I say, feature on them where you slide out
2: the back of the foot. And, and we, it holds the button. It holds the button and it measures the buttonhole for and you. And 95% of the time, that will be your correct buttonhole size. But what I'm telling you is test it because if it's a thick button yep, or our thick fabric sometimes requires yeah. a larger buttonhole. Exactly. So right. once again... Always test. So what you may have to do is put that button in there and find out that maybe you have to stick like a little toothpick in there or something, and which I use as a shim when I'm sewing. Right, (laughs) toothpicks are shims (laughs) in sewing. So, so yeah, I might have to shim out that button just a little bit. Or sometimes I've done things like, oh, this looks like it's about the size of a quarter or quarter. So I I put quarters and dimes and pennies in those slots. And I've made buttonholes
1: with those kind of what I would call like an automatic button foot that weren't for buttons. Before they were for something right, else, right, you know, right. or I was just putting it. I I can't think of like
2: an uh, exact. No, hang. Um, we've done it in tops of curtains. To yeah, p- shower curtains. Absolutely. Shower and curtains, so I've you... always
1: tested a little bit, right. sliding that out. Now, when you have that slider that's measuring that button, there's something else on your machine called a buttonhole lever. Right. It needs to come down and go in between the two. What did somebody? What'd you call those? The two plastic. I, like, called them nubbins, and you called them something else, and it was good. Or somebody... Oh,
2: yeah, what do I call them? Somebody had a different they word. They have a name. No, they have a name that I... I think it's almost an official name like, that I Yeah, them. and I didn't know it. Anyway. They're like stops, you know. Bumpers.
1: Bumpers. No. Yeah, maybe. Bumpers?
2: I don't know. Oh, my goodness. What do I call them? <laughs> She's totally messed me up. Well, they okay, do... Okay, remember, the brain cells are just recovering That's from right. the move.
1: You you do have that buttonhole right. lever going between those bumpers. And they're
2: bumpers. And I'm... Because it... it so the lever comes down, and it's up by the needle bar, mm-hmm. and you just pull it down, and what it will do is it will hit the bumper on one hand, and then it will hit the bumper. So what it actually does is it changes the function of the machine. When it hits that bumper, it goes, ooh, I'm going to stop and do a bar tack. Yeah. Ooh, my bar is finished. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to hit it again. Bump, and now I'm going to do another bar tack to finish. So we're very in a
1: sort of cursory manner, explaining how in general how buttonholes can work. Oh man, you're using cursory. I think you're tired. Look in your owner's manual for how to do a buttonhole on your yeah. machine. Obviously, and my shout out to Lonnie is,
2: Lonnie, people really do read those. Yeah, Lonnie, it's called an owner's, owner's manual.
1: manual. Put it in your bathroom.
2: I bet where where's I bet the um, owner's manual to your car has never left the glove box. Am I correct, <laughs> Lonnie? Lonnie. <laughs> yeah.
1: People are gonna be like, "Why are you being so mean to them?" Because Lonnie, Lonnie's girl. mean
2: too. Lonnie's
1: an evil Lonnie genius. Lonnie can take it.
2: Yep. Lonnie okay.
1: can take it. So that's that's you know how your buttonhole foot's gonna work. You do need to use some foot that allows you to do a buttonhole. Now I want to talk about buttonhole stitches real quick
2: before we take a break. Oh, okay. Cause okay. Because we're talking about woven yeah. versus knit versus yeah. what what.
1: So sometimes if you just got one buttonhole, that's what you got. That's right. it. Now you can change your
2: stitch length. Okay, probably just a little bit. There's a little bit of leeway there. Which spreads the stitches apart because all of these stitches are like a stitch that's going to build up like a satin stitch, stitch. sort of. Now, on your woven fabrics,
1: that's fine. Sometimes on knits, though, some of our machines that have like 11 buttonholes on them, they'll have special
2: buttonholes that are for knits. And it will tell you which ones with the picture... In your owner's manual. Well,
1: and if you have a nice enough machine, it
2: tells you on the screen. It, it might <laughs> tell you right on the screen. Well, especially if you've got a digital screen. Yeah, that's what yes, I mean. Yeah, right.
1: So, like, the buttonhole, the, you know, if you picture a buttonhole that's on your... You know, like men's shirts, you get that satin stitch that's all those stitches very close together, you right. know. But sometimes it'll be like a longer zigzag. Right, you'll see a more open or zigzag. Or it'll be like, a, you know, a honeycomb stitch well, on the yeah, side, or, like diamonds, right. you um, know. Or sometimes
2: you see a little bit like that baseball-y looking stitch, you know. Now, I that's will not say... not my favorite.
1: I will say, if you're putting a buttonhole in knits... You don't want your buttonhole to stretch.
2: No. You know. No you matter... never want a buttonhole to no, stretch. No. You... Ever, ever, ever you don't want a buttonhole to stretch. No. You will be sorry. So you're you're going to probably
1: take away the stretch from that fabric. That's right. With interfacing or something. Or, you know, we like
2: to use cotton organdy right. in our
1: button bands.
2: There, I don't make a buttonhole unless I interface it. And on your fruma Sarah? costume. Uh-huh. What I did was, because some of it was knit and some of it was uh, chiffon, I believe. It was a couple different kinds of yeah, fabric. Yeah, it was lots of different. It yeah. was several um, different kinds of fabric. You're right. For if texture, you you it, believe that. It yeah. was <laughs> texture, let me tell you. And uh, what I did is I laid the cotton organdy on the back of it uh-huh. when I made it. Yeah. Um, because... I wanted that. I wanted some support, and I was only going through one layer of fabric.
1: Yeah. Now right. those those buttonholes that are made for knits, though, sometimes on a knit, you don't want a bunch of buildup,
2: and you don't right. need
1: as many stitches because the knits won't fray. Nothing's gonna right. fray, but
2: you want it to somehow stabilize yeah. and maintain the shape of that buttonhole.
1: Now. Okay, so I think that pretty much covered the knits versus wovens uh, sort of buttonhole stitch thing. Not everybody so, will have that. Yeah. But I think let's take a break and come back and talk about stabilizers and interfacing. Okay. Okay. Mom, I've done it. Uh-oh. I have found the perfect laundry spray bottles, sourced them, found the perfect labeling stickers, and brought them to the public. And what do you put in them? We put vodka in one of them and your special disdain stain removal solution in the other. And they are aluminum 16 ounce bottles. Not too heavy. I was going to say, perfect weight, perfect size. Not too heavy when you fill them. Perfectly portable for taking around your house, leaving in your laundry room, or out to your car to deodorize it after your baby's puked in it.
2: So, do you give my disdain recipe to the world I free?
1: do. We give it away for free. And if you go to herecom slash clothing care, you will see these spray bottles and you can use a special discount code vodka to get 20% off the laundry spray bottles from ZD Sewing Studio. Good deal, so happy.
0: Hey y'all, Ferris Rucker here. You know a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music?
1: Alright, we're back after leaving a sweet little so Mallory, message for Sam. Tell
2: me what buttonhole do you stabilize? All buttonholes. <gasps> ding 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 ding. Gosh,
1: I felt like that one math test where it was like true or false, all prime numbers are odd. I almost got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this I think I wanna real quick. Talk about interfacing versus stabilizer. Right. And how we how we use those terms. I think this maybe comes from a little bit of a machine embroidery background. Or is that not right? Well, you know all my sewing life I have machine embroidered. You've always machine embroidered. Um
2: no, you know, I, I, they existed yeah, every, before that right well or... no you, you we've always had to stabilize things sure whether we were stabilizing it with a product that someone manufactured specifically for stabilizing that was usually a paper-based uh-huh. non-woven type stabilizer uh-huh. or whether we were stabilizing with another piece of fabric we this has been done in all of the history of well done sewing. So we're gonna break it down for
1: you, right? So you're putting a buttonhole in the button band of a button up shirt. Did I say button, button placket? Enough button placket. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um. So if you're putting it in this in this button placket, you will be asked in your pattern instructions mm-hmm. most likely to interface
2: that placket and in it some way. Might say iron in interface. Mallory and I don't do not do iron and interfacing, okay? What would we do, Mom? We would probably use cotton organdy or our silk organdy depending on the blouse. So what we do, when we say platter.
1: we use cotton organdy, mm-hmm. we'd put our fashion fa- we'd put our cotton organdy on our cutting table, put our fashion fabric mm-hmm. on top of it and cut Get out them together. our pattern pieces together and treat them as one. That's right. And go to town. That's and right. And we would consider our placket interfaced. From the presence of the cotton organdy. That's absolutely correct. Okay.
2: Now, we might be using a wool or a flannel, and if we didn't have any cotton organdy at hand, we might use another type of cotton, like a quilting cotton. Yeah. A really fine, tight, woven cotton that's going to stabilize that other fabric and give it some support.
1: Oh, So this is, you know, if you have ever heard of, like, sew-in interfacing. We're basically sewing in our thing. Now, interfacing as a term
2: Something that stays behind forever. Never meant to be taken off. It's not supposed to be taken off. It's incorporated to be part of the garment and make that part of the garment usually more substantial, maybe Stiffer. I don't know if that's the right. Well, or more shaped. shape, shape, shape. it's shaping. Yes. Like on the collar. Yes. You would you right would be asked so, to interface the collar you know, too. My blouse doesn't need interfacing all over it, but I want my collar to stand out. Maybe up. your cuffs too. Right. Your collar, right. your cuffs, cuffs, and your placket. And your placket. Right. Okay. So it's someplace where you're wanting more shape than the fashion fabric you're using lends to. Now, if I was, if I were to
1: make it also like a a knit button-up shirt. Like, sometimes yes. you want to make, you use a, a fabric with, like, a little bit of stretch so right. it's more comfortable. Or right. you make it out of ponte or something like that. I would, once again, use the cotton organdy in that placket. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know?
2: That placket doesn't, should not be stretching. Mm-mm. It's a stable, it's going to be a stable part. And I've owned shirts where the placket is not interfaced. That's
1: right. They can gap, you mm-hmm. know, but that part, you don't want it to stretch. Right. So, now you've made your beautiful shirt. And you're ready to stitch your buttonholes. Before Mm -hmm. we talk about stabilizer, let's talk about where to put our buttonholes. Okay.
2: Okay? Well, you know, I got this pattern, and in this commercial pattern, it had a buttonhole-like template that I was supposed to cut out and lay on my shirt and use. Do you use it? Well, this baby don't. (laughs) What would you do? I don't. Well, first of all, it's usually made for a specific size button, which I may not be using either. Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. What I do is I put my shirt on and I decide where my buttons will look best. And you'd be
1: wearing the undergarments that you were going to wear under Absolutely. this shirt. Absolutely. Or under this dress. Right. Uh quick quick side note here. If any of you follow Gertie, um Gretchen her she she makes a lot of vintage inspired clothing and she does a wonderful job and she did she did this post the other day which I was so glad about. She said if you're going to be wearing this stuff you gotta wear the right undergarments. Well, right. You and can't be wearing this structured, you know, thing or a strapless dress or something with nothing under there. That's right. You know, she said to get this
2: look. Yeah, if you want a certain like now, if you wanna look kind of droopy and free, yeah, then don't wear anything no. under it.
1: So if you're wearing a button up shirt, you right. might not have to go put on your Mary Widow. You know, right. but that's true. But if you're planning on it looking
2: right. super structured, or that's
1: the type of garment right. you're making, or keep that if in mind. you want it
2: to look like it came from the 50s, you better have some pointy bras. Yeah, and she. If you it, want it to look like that, your bras have to be pointy. She does. She does such a great job, and I was so glad that she emphasized yeah. that. Anyway, it's important. It's it doesn't right. just it's you can't just throw on clothes and expect you to look can't a certain yeah, right way. when and and hopefully the person who has authored the pattern is letting you know some of this mm-hmm. stuff. The other thing is is. When you look at a pattern envelope, we're going to talk about this later, okay? And the picture and or drawing that's on it, we're going to talk about that later. So just don't think you're going to get that product. So you
1: put on your shirt. Right. And do you have, like, some safety pins nearby or straight pins? I usually
2: have straight pins when it comes to this because I'm taking them in and out a lot. Uh The first thing I do is I, I, you know, I line up the placket with the, you know, the non-placket side and the placket side. But the non-placket side where I'm going to sew on the buttons also is interfaced with a little strip of interfacing because I'm going to need that if I put the buttons there. And then what I do usually is the first thing I do is I pin it at the bust. Right And I'm saying vertically or horizontally at the Uh bust, you know. Apex, across the apex. Right, right. like a dot between the two mountaintops, Mm -hmm. right, because that's where it pulls. Yep. Okay. So then from there, I'm going to decide how many buttons I want and how far apart they might be. Now, generally, I usually make that the same. You know, if they're going to be three inches apart or two inches apart or whatever, I I decide right then. And usually that those distances are equal. Occasionally, I may have to, to fudge on one. So that maybe, you know, the first button from the top, you have a top button, and the next one, say, is the bust line button. Uh There might be a difference, maybe, right there than the rest of the buttons. That happened
1: to me when I was making a blouse. And actually, I made it out of knit, but then my placket and collar and stuff were out of a woven, and I actually chose not to put as many buttons, because I right. knew I was never going to wear it closed. That's right. You know, so I put a button right at that bust line, and I think I put, like, one above. Right. And but then, it didn't go
2: to the top of the blouse. And then
1: right. I went to the bottom, and I kind of, like, saw where I, like, sat down. And it, and it puckered. And I wanted to see right. where it was puckering. And my buttons, when the blouse was off of me, you were like, whoa. Those are not up. evenly spaced. <laughs> right. But when I put it on... It looked fine. It looked damn good. Well, and the <laughs> other thing and the other
2: thing you can do there is, you know, take the reference po- point of the bust uh-huh. and say, okay, I want this to be in the right place. And then space them, you know... And decide. No, well, yeah. space them, you know, exactly. They're two inches apart or however, whatever it works out to be. And then look at... If you have any gaps or you think it's going to pull... You can put an invisible. Um, Nylon snap. N- snap or, yeah. there. And mm-hmm. in fact, not all of them have to be invisible. So if, if we're using, if we're on like a jacket, a heavy jacket, we'll use one of those big mm-hmm. coat snaps. Mm-hmm. You know, That'll, and you'll see that this isn't cheating. If you go to Coco Chanel's, uh, you know, showroom. She's got snaps between her buttons. That's why it lays, lays like so that, nicely. everybody. Yeah. So the buttons are, are functional. but th- Now, you will also find that she has buttons on her jackets, and the snaps are behind the buttons, yeah. and there are no buttonholes. Mm-hmm. You will find that. And that is very couture. That's very nice, too. Yes, and it looks nice. It's very finished.
1: Everything lays. And you can never, you don't get a buttonhole that's ever going to stretch out of shape. Never. You
2: know. Never. And so that you off that button. lays nice and flat. Yeah. And, and most of the time, you know, um, well, with Chanel, she has the boxy jacket. So sometimes her buttons are very important because they're the main detail. Yeah, they're, they're a focal point. Right. So
1: now we aren't. We're, but we're going to put buttonholes on our book. But we are, because we're talking about buttonholes, so we got to have buttonholes. When you go over to your sewing machine, you've prepped your fabric mm-hmm. in such a way, you've gotten your interfacing or your cotton organdy or whatever, um, you know, in the garment. It's incorporated right. into well, the garment. Well, you're
2: not taking your garment over there. You're taking a sample that's exactly like where you're going to put your garment. Good so fall. if there's a placket, you better have a faux placket sewn for yourself or you an extra piece of placket because that presser foot's going to be riding over the same lumps and bumps or ridges or, you know, whatever the topography is of that placket. So you want it sewn the same way. So when you're making that placket, make another piece just like it.
1: That's right. So you might have like you Know two layers of fabric, or you've right. got that seam there, or whatever. So, right, repli- and you've got top that. stitching on both sides. Uh-huh.
2: You need that, you need to know that that's there if, if
1: you want to be right. successful. So, you're going to go over there now. Here's the deal where we talk about stabilizer uh, versus interfacing you want to use a
2: piece of stabilizer,
1: tear away stabilizer,
2: right. and this is there. That is a product that is manufactured that you can purchase that's right so you when you sew through it that later it pulls away easily from the stitches
1: you put that underneath your fabric it's between your feed dogs and your your placket right you put your presser foot on top of
2: your fabric and you
1: proceed to sew your buttonhole okay i'm going to
2: add a little bit go ahead go ahead so if i have a corduroy or a bumpy silky woven velvet, something or, maybe... or velvet. Anything with a nap. Uh-huh. Even maybe a burnout velvet, something. Anything. Anything. Okay. A terry cloth button-up shirt. No. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever's bumpy and not nice and smooth. I want a wash away stabilizer on top of my fabric.
1: So if you aren't familiar with machine embroidery, I feel like this is where people are like, what's that? You know, um, these these tend to be in like the machine embroidery, Right. What do I want to say? Aisle. Okay. Or Accessories. Or, yes. Notions. So, so keep that in mind. So it'll be called, you know, like wash away topping. Right. Okay. Or wash and, away
2: stabilizer. Yes. And it'll
1: look kind of like cellophane usually. And make sure it's the lightweight kind, not yeah. the kind you, you don't like. You need a heavy one. Not the kind you stitch out lace on. It's right. real lightweight. Should feel like saran wrap or something. Or you can mistake saran wrap <laughs> stable. Anyway. And that's been done. Different podcast. Um, what this, but what that, uh, Right, what that tearaway does underneath, okay? I mm-hmm. want to talk about this. It helps the fabric, that placket or whatever, ride along the
2: feed dogs nicely.
1: while the buttonhole—it's
2: ni- like you've just paved a new highway for those feed dogs to run on. So while the button you get a stitched. smooth functioning, you know. Movement.
1: Have you ever stitched a buttonhole and it started to build up and right. not move or forward, or took a skip, yeah, whatever. So all of that, it just paves, right, right. paves the road. Your buttonhole, you got to move forward, you got to stitch in place for a little bit, you got to move backward mm-hmm. or vice versa, whatever your machine does. That is, that's what the tearaway does. And then, like Mom said earlier, it since we're calling it a stabilizer, okay, right. it's something that afterwards can be torn away that's right completely right. and it will you know it won't be there anymore that's right uh, so we use the tearway stabilizer if you can't find tearway stabilizer what should you use
2: instead I know that I can use almost any paper that's easily sewn through yeah. it's durable enough to stay back there. I can also use like a butcher's paper. I can use um, one thing that you can actually iron on, okay, is freezer paper because it has sort of a plastic side, Uh and if you put that against the fabric and a, you know, not too hot iron... That will make it stick on there for you.
1: And then you can tear it away. Right, and then it will tear away easily. What you don't want to use
2: and what we do not recommend ever sewing. Ever, ever, ever in your machine, near your machine, around your machine for anything is tissue tissue paper. paper. Oh, that's good. Now, people oh I use it all the time. I haven't had any trouble. I'm sure you haven't. Right. The day will come. <laughs> tissue paper is meant; it's, it's tissue thin. It falls apart. It flakes. It that's going down can easily go down in to your um, hook system where your feed dogs are. The other thing it does is the feed dogs will tear it up, so then it becomes useless. No. Yeah, right. It's, it's pointless to even have what it there. What
1: did Sam say though? She goes, "Unless you want to tweeze it out of your feed dogs." Yeah. Now, it might not, like you said, might not. It may not- have worked. Happen to y'all the time. Now we do use just so you know, tissue paper can have a place in the sewing room. Right. It, you know, with cutting right. like the but, right. it, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. No. Nope. We don't put tissue paper in our sewing machines. Nope. Okay? As well as
2: baby powder, which has been suggested before. <laughs> Definitely not. Don't baby get powder. me going.
1: No, yeah. So <laughs> we don't use tissue paper in our sewing machines. Keep that in mind. If, um now, you've mentioned receipt tape before. Yep. And then Sandy in the group. Said the funniest thing. She goes, one time I couldn't find any paper or right. a tearaway or whatever. She said, I had a receipt on the counter. And she used it. And she yeah. used it. It'll and work. then, you know what she said? She said, I was on black and I didn't worry about the ink, ink rubbing off.
2: Right. But what I want to say is, most of the time it's not ink. Well, but it's heat sensitive. Yeah. A lot I, of them now, too. Uh-huh. So, I don't, you know... Be careful. Do be careful. Right. we we like the receipt tape that's just like the old kind that, you know, your adding machine had to have right.. A, 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 a
1: ribbon of ink can't use. So if you are a machine embroiderer, right. take note because if you've
2: gone and you've embroidered
1: something on Tearaway, you should save your Tearaway scraps. You save scraps. those little
2: funny little pieces in a Ziploc bag, and it says Tearaway pieces. And then, of course, how big are your buttonholes, right? right? Like right. this big. Right. And you can use tiny scraps yeah. of Tearaway. You know, you've got a, son, you know, a centimeter you know, or two centimeter buttonhole. You don't have to use a big piece and no, worry about it and no. waste it. No, and
1: and you don't have to like you know. I I'll do one buttonhole, tear it away, right. Go to the next one. You know, right. you don't you don't have to like cut yourself a big strip right. on the size of your notebook placket. paper
2: works really well. Like loose leaf notebook paper works. Um. So our beef- I've actually used paper out of a coloring book. Oh yeah. It's kind of it's very a newsprint. It's very much like newsprint, and you do have to be careful about using newsprint that's been printed on. Yeah. Now the coloring book ink. Won't come off, but like, a, yeah. A, a, a true... Does anybody get the newspaper? <laughs> Does anybody get that on their driveway anymore? Right. Anyway, um, so you know you can use news print without the print, right? So do yeah. Be careful about that. But if you
1: if you want to, you could put the backside of the receipt or something if you right. were afraid. You know, you know.
2: <laughs> but a whole receipt. How many buttonholes
1: could you? A get? lot.
2: <laughs> a lot. A whole lot. Another thing I want to talk about. Just because I happen to see it in our studio right now, and I had someone oh, come and ask me how yeah, to do this, yeah. how do I make a buttonhole in dot sequin? Does everybody know what the dot sequin is? We've talked about it before. But it is, it's is—it's the knit, It, you know, and it has plastic sequins on it, right? They're glued They're glued on. on. Yeah. And people say, how do I make a buttonhole in that? You don't. <laughs> That's really the one where you sew the buttons on and put a snap, snap behind it. on the it. back, okay. There is no way you're going to get a, button, a good buttonhole out of that. As well as I'm sure there's other fabric that, the... that you can't be successful on.
1: Now, let's talk about thread a little bit. Yeah. That's one thing we haven't really spoken about. I will say I don't think we need to go over how to open the buttonholes – on this podcast if you have a question
2: about how you better how... be using a buttonhole cutting yeah, tool
1: you don't use a seam ripper use a buttonhole cutter set and we have those for sale on our website it's the only
2: way to do it guys and if you've ever you if you've never used one the experience of using one is it's such perfect and there's a video. We did a video on it. We do have a video, yeah. so look so that it's, up. it's right. it's
1: on there. So if you go to sohere.com right. and search for it, you'll find it. Right. Um okay, so thread, what right. kind of thread
2: do you use on your buttonholes, mom? The only kind of thread I use now is basically decorative thread. Whether that be a fine embroidery thread or a top stitch thread, I do not use construction thread because it's not so pretty. Yeah. So if I want a matte finish, I would be using what is called, co- they call it now cotton embroidery thread. Uh-huh. We used to call it cotton darning thread, and that comes on a spool. And what I use in the bobbin is definitely something of the same weight or lesser weight uh-huh. because. I want those stitches pulled to the bottom. I don't want any bobbin thread coming up like in machine embroidery. Mm-hmm. I want that satin stitch pulled to the bottom. Right. So
1: um, I've done a buttonhole with construction thread lately. I can't remember why, but I did because it.
2: Because I wasn't there, I well, guess. No, well, I don't know if I was
1: stitching a sample right. or something, and I was just doing it. Um, I can't remember why, but it just wasn't It's not as, as, pretty. as pretty.
2: It Well, those threads... Are, do not lay as nice and as flat. They and just don't. When you do use the embroidery thread, it just lays nicer, yeah. lays flatter. The other thing with embroidery thread, of course, is usually you can match or find the color you want, or you can do a variegated thread buttonhole. You can make those buttonholes fun. You know, And buttonholes can be a decorative element.
1: Oh, absolutely. So right. on the ginger jeans, when I was teaching people to right. do that, I had them buy the heavy, heavy top stitch thread for top right. stitching. But then when we went to Which do was their. Which Yeah, the
2: coordinate, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and we saw that, and is it a 12? It's 30, 30 weight. It's not 12 weight. 12 weight is really, really heavy. thick. Um, yeah. When we used that, it was great. But then when we went to do their buttonholes and their bar tacks, mm-hmm. we switched to embroidery, embroidery thread, thread. machine embroidery thread that was lighter weight because right. the bar tacks are a satin stitch. Haul, Much like a buttonhole, and buttonholes have bar tacks on them, you know, and so if you tried to do that really tight stitch with top stitch thread, it just wouldn't go, it wouldn't be good, it would look terrible, it wouldn't lay nice, so that's like on the fly, you do some bar tacking, and then the buttonhole, and the buttonholes are great. And if you look on your ready-to-wear, they use two different threads. Yeah, Yeah, they do, and so... You, when you are getting that dense buildup of stitching, you can't use as heavy right. of a thread. No. Um so yeah, using using a decorative thread will give you a nicer finish. If you use a construction thread, I mean, I don't know
2: what you're doing this on, but it'll work. It just won't work. work as nice. And and for years, for years I used construction thread. I didn't know. And what happened to me was I was making something and I had some machine embroidery thread because I had a I didn't have an embroidery machine, but I had a machine that did decorative stitches. Uh-huh. And, you know, my construction thread was not, of course, totally matching, 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 which I don't think it has to be, whatever I was constructing. And I was like, oh no, oh no. And I was like, wait a minute. If actually, I think I used cotton embroidery thread at that time. Uh-huh. And I was like, why don't I use this? And once I did that, I was like,
0: Butter. never again. <laughs>
2: I mean, I looked at my other buttonholes and they were clunky, funky funky looking compared to my decorative thread buttonholes. Yeah, absolutely. So just were. Yeah. Well, I think that's about all we have to say on buttonholes. Well, and there's a lot more about buttonholes. We haven't talked about the types, we've just talked about technique.
1: Only only forty-five minutes worth of buttonhole. Hope you everybody uh, got talking. their walk in
2: or whatever they were supposed to do.
1: <laughs> um, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. And if you want to keep up with us, we're still ZD sewing stuff studio on instagram and you can get a hold of me via email mallory at dot and go sign up for that newsletter i think i i think i've been doing a really good job at so lovenote slash so thanks for listening so long and
2: so happy
0: thanks for listening to sewing out loud for even more expert sewing advice visit sohere.com.